You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. Um, well, how's everybody doing? Happy Sunday. Good to be with you. Praise the Lord. Um, I will second that I cannot thank you guys enough for you, you that came out yesterday. Um, all of you are sore and a bit sunburned, um, but the school is indebted to you. They have their big uh, official renaming ceremony this next Wednesday um, from Central to Princess Ruth Kolani Middle School, officially this Wednesday. And um, everybody that is, holds any position in the state or the school district will be here, so we were prettying up the campus as well. Um, but it's kind of a new era and a new season here at the school that we're excited to be a part of. But um, without further ado, we are getting into the Word of God this morning. And I would love for you if you could join with me in turning to Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 6. Matthew 7, 1 through 6. Uh, I'll be reading out of the NIV translation. Uh, also, I will have it on the screen. But there is something about opening up your own Bible and getting in and uh, getting into the practice of opening up and reading the Bible. So I uh, encourage you to do that every Sunday. If you don't have your own Bible or a Bible app, uh, we have Bibles on kind of all the tables surrounding the chairs. Feel free to grab one, take it home if you need it. It's our gift to you. Um, but uh, let's go ahead and read Matthew 7, 1 through 6, picking up in the Sermon on the Mount where we left off uh, the last chapter, Matthew 7. Um, so we're kind of getting towards the end here, the third, uh, you know, the last third of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Jesus speaking says this. Do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with this, the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, that they, uh, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces." This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the text that you have us in this morning. Because we believe that you're sovereign, and we believe that everyone here, either in person or online, is meant to hear this portion this morning. And so God, I pray that you would anoint my lips to communicate these truths. Holy Spirit, would you speak them to the innermost recesses of our hearts? And God, we don't want to just obtain more head knowledge, but we do pray that your word, by the power of your spirit, would promote heart and life transformation, that we would continue to be transformed into the image of God. God, we want to look more like you. We want our lives to emulate you as disciples and as followers. We want to come under your tutelage as our teacher, and learn from you this morning. Um, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're, we're entering into chapter 7. 
And here, Jesus moves into another idea in this famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, that we have. And previously, he's primarily dealt with themes connected to our interior spiritual life. Uh, like attitudes in giving, prayer, fasting, materialism, and anxiety over material things. But now, what he's doing is he's touching on an important theme that's related to the way we think of and treat other people. And why Jesus is perhaps doing this is that, right, he doesn't anticipate that the Christian community is going to be perfect. On the contrary, he knows, he's assuming, that both that people will do wrong and that this will give rise to tensions and problems of relationships, especially when it comes down to us lovingly correcting or maybe not so lovingly correcting or pointing out faults or seeing others possibly in the wrong or in sin. And so what Jesus is doing, he's teaching us how we ought to approach and handle when it is that we do, see, we do see or we think someone else is in error or with sin. And he wants us, if he didn't point out here, instead of giving us the one, two, three, four, the ABCs of how to call out someone else's sin, he actually say, hey, be careful before you do that, look at your own hearts. Because there's a good chance you're doing the same thing. So be careful to judge. Be careful to call out other people before first checking on your own heart. So today, mostly what he's doing is he's confronting, which the Sermon of the Mount every week has done, right? He's confronting our own hearts and our own minds, specifically in relation to when we see someone else or we think someone else is in error. Jesus says, be careful with what you do with that. All right, so verses 1 and 2. Right? Judge not that you be, uh, be not judged. Judge not that you be not judged. So with this command, right, Jesus is warning against passing judgment upon others because when we do so, he says we'll be judged in a similar way. Right, and um, you, you know, you may have even had this said to you, maybe by someone that does not know the Lord, but among those that um, maybe seem not to know much about the Bible, uh, this verse comes up a lot and is really popular. Um, and a lot of people quote this verse um, really because they don't really understand what Jesus is trying to say. And they might seem to think or hope that Jesus is commanding some kind of universal acceptance or uh, of any lifestyle or any teaching, right? Don't judge me. Don't judge me for how I'm living my life and what I'm doing. Um, this comes up a lot. And many times it's used as somewhat of a defense to not judge other people's lives of being lived contrary to God's design or purposes. Um, again, that's out of context, and that's actually not what he's saying here. Uh, if we're we're going to get to in a couple weeks here, but later on in this same sermon, uh, Matthew 7, 15 through 16, we see that Jesus commands us to know ourselves and others by the fruit of our lives. 
that some kind of assessment is necessary for that. Right? Jesus even would say, like, you'll know my disciples by their love for one another or by the fruit of their life. There is some kind of assessment there. The Christian is called to unconditional love, but the Christian is not called to unconditional approval. That, there's, there's a difference there, but we can mess it up. We're really good as Christians at messing that up. Really good. Um, the truth is we really can love people who do things that should not be approved of that we don't agree with, that, that their lives don't line up with Scripture, we can still love them even though we or the Word of God might not be approving of their life. And this is so important in this day and age. We are so good, unfortunately good, at canceling or being done with or choosing not to love someone because of their lifestyle or the way in which they live their life. It's so important that we hold on to this, that we are called to unconditionally love everyone because Christ first loved us. Regardless of what's happening, to love them. That does not mean that our love is automatic approval of everything. That's where we need to make that distinction. But what Jesus is not doing here, right, our, our Lord's command here this morning is to not judge, cannot be understood as a command to suspend like our critical faculties, right, in relation to other people, right, to turn a blind eye, like just to, you know, I, oh, Jesus said don't judge, so I'm just not even going to pay attention to anything else going on in the world or someone else's life. I'm just going to stay away and avoid all criticism and refuse to discern between truth and error, goodness and evil, because Jesus said I shouldn't. No, you just erred on the other side there, right? Which we're also good at. We're really good at being black and white. Jesus said, don't judge, so okay, I'm not even going to like care about anything in the world anymore. Because he said, I, you know, I shouldn't judge. That's not what's happening either. <clears throat> so while this doesn't not prohibit examining like the lives of others, it does prohibit or it challenges the spirit in which we do that, right? The heart, intention, and desire behind calling out someone else's fault, that is the heart of the message this morning. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't be observant and aware of someone else's fault or sin or error in their life, but it's all about what we do with that and what we think about that and how we approach that. The whole point is, Jesus is saying, is before you just go after someone else, check your own heart. And how good are we at just assuming, thinking the worst, coming up with our own conclusion why that person's doing that certain thing. Right? If we're honest, we're really good at judging others. And even in subtle ways, even this week, I want to challenge you, right? It's, it's meant to be applied to our life. But an example of an unjust judgment from Scripture, there's many, but an example, one example would be 
when Jesus' disciples, their condemnation of the woman who came to anoint the feet of Jesus with oil, Matthew 26. Right? They, sh- they thought she was wasting something. They were questioning her motives and why she would do such a thing. And what Jesus said was that she had done a good work that was always to be remembered. But the disciples, the people that were closest to Jesus, when they saw this happen in front of them, they were quick to judge this woman's actions. And Jesus had to stop them and say, hey, before you do that, you do not know her motives. You do not know her heart. You do not know what she's doing. Let me set in context what's happening. Again, they, they wrongly jumped to conclusions, right? They, they only had limited knowledge. They didn't have the context, and they immediately jumped to conclusions. And again, that's one example of unjust judgment, a very simple, ordinary example. One commentator explained his thoughts on this concept this way, and he gave some real practical examples. I, I, I thought they were helpful. If you're taking notes... You might want to take it out and just jot some down here. But he said this. This is kind of the litmus test, he thinks, of, 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 of what Jesus is saying here. He says, we break this command when we think the worst of others. Again, he's speaking of Matthew 7, do not judge. He says, we break this command when we think the worst of others. This commentator said, we break this command when we only speak to others of their faults. We break this command when we judge an entire life only by its worst moments. We judge this command, or we break this command when we judge the hidden motives of others. We break this command when we judge others without considering ourselves in their same circumstances. We break this command when we judge others without being mindful that we ourselves will be judged. If you can leave that up for a second. Or even just jump back for a second, if you don't mind. Just to pause and think about that, and then you can jump forward again. Sorry, Kenny, making you work. Um, For me, that's really helpful. Because it, it puts a little bit more practicality to what Jesus is saying. And that I can take away with, because how often do we do that? How often do we just go, I can't believe that person did that. We all do that. But do, right, that is a form of judgment. It is a form of you're assuming something, you're accusing something. Again, there's a balance to this. It doesn't mean that we're not ever supposed to do that. But again, it's all about challenging the heart and intention and desire behind it. Before we point the finger, Jesus says, point it at yourself. I hope that's helpful, just like to take that in and to be challenged this week. Right, our text goes on, and, and it says, for, you know, for with that judgment you judge, you will be judged. Again, Jesus is not prohibiting, right, our assessment or discernment or judgment of others, but he is requiring that our judgment be completely fair. And then we only judge others by a standard that we also would like to be judged. We never say that. We never say that when we're judging someone. We're like, oh, would I want, to, would I want them to say that of me? 
It's hard, but it's so necessary. So if you're feeling challenged, it's okay. That's good. That's a good part. Me too. So listen to this. This is important. When our judgment regarding others is wrong, it is often not because we judge according to a standard, but because we are hypocritical in the application of that standard. We ignore the standard of our own life. And if we were honest, we would agree that it is common to judge others by one standard and ourselves by another standard. We are far more generous with grace upon ourselves that we are by others. Think about that. Like, let's be honest. In our own thoughts, between you and the Lord, how often do we do this? To put it bluntly, this is what Jesus is doing here. This is what he's challenging us with in how we treat and think about other people. It's this. Jesus is showing us how we're generally far more tolerant to our own sin than we are to the sin of others. We're really, really good at turning a blind eye and justifying our way out of our own stuff. Oh, but it's because of this, or it wasn't that bad, and we're really good, me included, of justifying, not taking responsibility, but then when we see like even a single thing about the other person, we jump on them. I can't believe you did that! Even though we did like seven other things exactly the same moments before. Challenged yet? <laughs> oh yeah. Our text goes on, verses 3 and through, through 5, and Jesus uses this kind of silly example of, uh, well, it's an exaggerated metaphor of this speck and this plank. And he says, look, a plank is in your own eye. See, Jesus indicates that the one with a plank in his own eye would not immediately be aware of it. He's blind to his obvious fault. Right? It's, an, it's the attempt to correct the fault of someone else when we ourselves have the same or greater fault that earns the accusation hypocrite. Right? Because in this silly, exaggerated example... Jesus is saying, you often try to get the speck of sawdust out of someone else's eye, but really you have a plank of wood hanging out of your own. How ridiculous would that be? And Jesus said, that's what I'm getting at. You're so often poke the fault of someone else when you yourself have so much fault yourself. We ourselves struggle with this. And right, Jesus is so right again. This silly metaphor nails it. If we're honest, how often we are and quick to judge when we too realize that we're guilty of the same offense. Uh, Charles Spurgeon said it this way. Jesus is gentle, but he calls that man in this story today a hypocrite who fusses about small things in others but pays no attention to great matters at home in his own person. Do you notice that like Jesus is like figuratively taking our pointing finger and he's pointing it right back at our own hearts? 
Think of the context he's in. He's challenging the crowds, these Jewish believers. There's, there's religious leaders in the crowd. There's a lot of uh, religious pride and religious hypocrisy. He's challenging the crowds. Instead of calling out and pointing out and pointing the finger, he says, be careful to do that. And he's literally like taking our fingers and he's going, check your own hearts first. Right? Our hypocrisy in these matters is, is almost always more evident to others than it is ourself. Right? If you're in close relationship, whether that be maybe a spouse, sibling, uh, your kid, a best friend, so often you are blinded kind of by our own judgment, and then someone close to you goes like, why are you saying that to that person? Right? We've all done this. We've all had it done to us. We're so often blinded by our own judgment that those people around us are the first ones to call out our hypocrisy. Because we always try to find a way to ignore the plank in our own eye, but we are quick to find the sawdust in the other. <clears throat> um, a good example of this kind of hypocrisy is, uh, uh, was David's reaction to Nathan's story about a man who unjustly stole and killed another man's lamb, 2 Samuel uh, chapter 12. This is your homework. Read 2 Samuel chapter 12. Um, David was really quick to condemn the man that Nathan was talking about, but was blind to his own sin, which was so much greater. 2 Samuel chapter 12, go read the dialogue between David and Nathan, and you'll be like, David, what are you talking about? Why are you making such a big deal about what Nathan said when you yourself just committed murder and adultery? Again, this is not foreign to biblical times. It's not foreign to us. How Jesus kind of ends this section, or at least in a lot of our Bibles, how interpreters have ended it is with verse 6. And it says, do not give what is holy to dogs. Or do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear to pieces. So, kind of context-wise, right, after Jesus has warned us against judgmental attitudes and, you know, self-blind criticism, Jesus here reminds us that he did not mean to imply that the people of his kingdom suspend, like, all discernment, right? We actually are still called to discern, um, right, like, what is right, what's, what's of God, what's scriptures say, like what is obeying God, like we are still called to discern things and we shouldn't like give up all discernment by any sake. But for time's sake, in a nutshell, what Jesus is saying here in verse 6 is that we might say that Jesus means don't be judgmental, but don't throw away, don't throw out all discernment either. He says there's people, like these dogs or, or these, you know, um, his examples he gives, that are not going to hear you out. They're not going to respond well to what you're saying. There's things that you need to have wisdom and discernment about. Don't throw it all the way out. 
Don't be judgmental, but don't throw out all discernment either. Again, it's all about balance. Be careful before you judge and how you judge, but also don't go too far away the other way and don't discern or don't disengage entirely. Again, we're really good at going, oh, Pastor Riz said don't judge anyone for anything going on in their life, their lifestyle, so I'm just going to just not care at all about anything. No. Then Jesus says, rail it in. Middle ground. Middle ground. Middle ground's hard. We're either too judgmental or we don't care enough. And Jesus says, middle ground. Middle ground. So here's the takeaway. I'm going to end here. I'm going to land the plane. How might we, we, there's four points I just want you to take away, be challenged with. If you're taking notes, if people say, what was church about? Here's these four application points. Number one, for all of us, Jesus is saying, be slower to judge and accuse and be careful of thinking bad of others. I believe the first thing Jesus said is like, stop. Slow down before you judge that person's lifestyle. Be careful. And are you thinking about it? Be slower to accuse and judge. Number two, extend more grace towards others than you probably think they deserve. In my experience in life, uh, my experience has not been that I, have, I find too much grace in the world. Christians are too graceful. That's not been my experience. If anything, it's been the opposite. So I think the challenge here is extend more grace, more compassion, more mercy towards others than you probably think they deserve. Number three is grow in self-awareness. That plank in our own eye Jesus talks about is self-awareness. Be aware of what's going on in your own life and be in constant personal prayerful reflection, especially when we're thinking about someone else's life and what they did or what they didn't do, slow down, extend grace, self-reflection first. That's what Jesus is doing here. Like, be careful before you judge. Examine yourself. Take it to prayer. But also, still hold tight to biblical principles and values. That's where that balance comes in. Right? Because I didn't just say, only grace, let people do, let the whole world do whatever they want to do. That's not what I said. I said extend grace, said mercy, less judgment. But then also, we walk in truth. We cling to truth. We know the word of God. We do discern what is right and wrong and good and evil and what's obeying God and what's not. But again, what Jesus is doing here in Matthew chapter 7 is he's illuminating He's trying to illuminate our hearts in relation of how we treat others. And if you're already not seeing the connection to modern day life, right, that's the trouble with news snippets or a tweet or a partial story is all of a sudden, what do we do? We just make, we just come to a ton of different conclusions. But before we do that, Let's heed the words of Jesus. Let, allow this to be your filter and how you process 
bring these things to the Lord and allow it to challenge us. Amen? Amen. God, thank you so much for the challenging reminder. And God, we know that you challenge us because you're a father that cares about us. Your word says that you, you discipline us because you love us. Like you care about how your people treat other people, especially when they're wronged. And God, we really want to be motivated ourselves by the gospel this morning. That while we were yet sinners, like while we were in full rebellion, while we were enemies to the cross, God, you sent your son to die upon the cross for us to save us from that very sin. I pray that we would live life the same way that we would Extend grace and mercy and forgiveness and care towards others. And we'd be motivated out of that gospel kind of love. Thank you that your word says that you, you came. God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. Not to judge the world, but to save it. God, would you help us to implement, live out, practice these things this week, especially with those people in our life that are hard to deal with, that it's complicated, that we don't agree with. I pray that you would help us to be an introspective, prayerful, patient, graceful people this week. And God, as we enter into this time of worship, I pray that you would continue to do this heart work in us. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.